Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, you lovely lot and welcome to this week's edition of Tuesday Night Jaw. Uh, yes, 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 yes. It has been a minute. It has been a week since our previous episode. Um, an episode that has been very interesting in terms of feedback. Um, I mentioned when recording it how I felt, I also felt a little bit awkward about doing it because I never wanted to come off as, as sort of sanctimonious or that I'm, I'm preaching to people. And I, I always wanted it to be intended of just to give a bit of advice and a bit of just some of the experiences that I've been through in wrestling. And it's been really, really cool to, to have such feedback from, um, especially people that, that are in wrestling, whether they have been around a while or they're brand new or they're looking to get in. Um, I've really appreciated everyone sort of taking that time to either talk to me about it or drop me drop me a DM. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. I, it really It really does help when 
when creating stuff like this that I, I know again it's gonna sound <laughs> it's gonna sound really like hammy and like cliche, but I don't really think of episodes in terms of oh is this episode gonna do well on ad revenue or is it gonna get the most listens? I, I very much have the opinion of I just want to create something that I'm proud of and that I want people to listen to or just to engage with. I think maybe even more importantly is that engagement and that, that worth of of the, the, the episodes that I'm putting out. I'd rather something get a, a, a lot less listens but have a bigger impact or, you know, that bigger level of interaction. So I really do appreciate everyone that's sort of taken a moment. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and, and give it a listen. It's just, it's like 67 points uh, about how to, to conduct yourself and, and little tips and tricks of, of getting into professional wrestling or if you've been in wrestling for a while, just how I, I view a few different bits and pieces and situations. So yeah, you go back through the archive and listen to that. I, I'm re- I am really, really happy with a lot of the stuff that I've done already this year. The Jimmy episode is, is obviously phenomenal it's still giving me my favorite quote we've probably ever done on a podcast so i feel like there's a nice little bit of, of, of variety and if you, if you just like football and you pretend that you like wrestling um like me and jim did for one episode go and listen to the episode with with jim where we pick our own wrestling football faction um the episode's called the santiago strikers uh, and you'll you'll see why that, that reference is made if you go back and listen to that episode um, carrying on the the plugs and shills, uh, I've never done this before, and, and, and I don't know why I'm doing it now, but I just wanted to do it today. <laughs> so there you go. Um, we've just come off doing progress. Um, it is currently Tuesday when I'm recording this, which is the day it should come out. Uh, so I'm a little bit tired, a little bit worn down because um, we did the show on Sunday, and uh, it was a real chaotic one. We obviously had a couple of injuries. I'm going to try and avoid spoilers, but when talking about it, we had a couple of injuries, so people uh, weren't able to wrestle, um, and it was just a bit of a chaotic show in general behind the scenes. Um, I even ended up having to do commentary on the main event, which I didn't expect slash plan to do. So uh, if my voice is a bit croaky and I sound a bit tired and a bit like run down, it's because it was a busy day at work. Um, I also stupidly decided to stay after the show for a bit and make sure everything was sorted and have a like debrief and everything so I ended up getting back through my own front door at 10 to 11 after leaving my front door at seven o'clock in the morning so yeah it was a long one so if anyone spoke to me at the show especially after the show and I was a bit spaced out or a bit a bit all over the place I apologize <laughs> I, I was running on fumes um yes the other controversy was the trousers that I was wearing. Um, I don't think... I thought of all the places in the world, uh, Camden would be the most accepting in terms of fashion changes. Um, I, I wore trousers that, that Suplex Joel kept on referring to as Rupert the Bear trousers. So that that was controversial. It split the room, I'm not going to lie. Um, but, you know, I'm trying new things. I'm trying to trying to put my own my own little spin on, on stuff and I don't always want to wear trainers and a t-shirt so yeah there you go it's not it's not going to turn into like you know an episode of gokwan's fashion info episodes before the beginning of shows and stuff like that but you know we'll see you never know what i'll, I'll wear maybe 
maybe spruce it up next month. Who knows? We'll see. Talking about next month as well. And we announced a couple of matches off the back of the show on Sunday. Um, so we have, and again, this is spoiler-free, uh, we have the Young Guns who are making their Camden debut going up against the Anti-Fun Police in a tag match, which I think, I think, and probably someone's going to correct me, I think it's the first time that match has ever happened. Um, so that's exciting. It's exciting that m- m- my children get to come and see their dad work in the ballroom, um, that's referring to the Young Guns, um, who apparently I am their dad. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, I'm excited for them. They're really pumped up for it. I'm really excited for Anti-Fun Police as well, who have really been hitting a groove this year, especially, again, if you've, if you've not seen stuff on On Demand, gone back and watched their tag team match against uh, Devlin and Davis in Cardiff. It was a banger. So we've announced that. And we've also announced a singles match between Travis Banks and Kyle Fletcher. Obviously, Kyle Fletcher's had a hell of a year, found himself in a main event and and potentially nearly became progress world champion and of course he had a title shot against paul robinson on sunday as well Uh, travis banks was set to appear on sunday um but again due to an injury he wasn't cleared so this is actually going to be the first time he's been in the ballroom since beating tk cooper which took me off guard because i didn't realize it had been that long so trav obviously History with the company, former super strong star winner, former Progress World Champion. So a very good singles match lined up as well between two people that know each other very, very well from training and spending years traveling and wrestling each other. So those are the first two matches announced for our next show in Camden. Uh, tickets and all that business is on this is underscore progress on Twitter. Um, go and get involved in that. And there you go. Right, that's the rambly, pluggy bits and pieces out of the way. Also, I've started sticking um, both ad breaks at the beginning of the podcast out because mainly because I keep forgetting to be like, here's an ad. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully that works a little bit better. Um, and I also, I really appreciate, you know, just spending that 30 seconds to a minute just listening to them because it does help the podcast um so uh, and hopefully it doesn't disrupt the flow of episodes now as well so again i'm just I'm, it's just something i'm trying if you've got any feedback on that just let me know you know either tweet me or dm me on twitter um my, my handle is at m richards host um i'm pretty i'm pretty reachable on there and as talking of which this is how we put together's episode together's today's Put together today's episode, you can see how tired I am, because uh, it is a, another Q&A episode. Uh, I've said that I'm planning on trying to do one maybe once a month. We'll see how it goes, maybe maybe spread it out a little bit more, maybe a month and a half, maybe two months, but we'll see. But it is a Q&A episode, episode so I asked you guys to send me some questions on the old Twitter. I, I even said, and, and this is for future reference as well, if you don't ever feel comfortable me reading or are you tweeting something publicly you can dm me as well i'll keep it anonymous um i mean th- every question this week is going to be anonymous because i've essentially just copied and pasted all the questions into a notepad and forgot to put everyone's name on it but i can remember some people's names <laughs> um uh in terms of the questions so there you go so if you ever want to just like dm me and ask me a question and i can a- answer it on this um then you can do that as well right let's get started so first question shockingly is a reference to football 
Uh, and the question is, is Germany nil, Italy 2 from the semi-finals of the 2006 World Cup the greatest football match ever? It's not. Um, I, it, any, and Italy's significant is a very significant match. I, 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 it's difficult with football now because the football always has nostalgia. So, for instance, like I always remember the four-three Liverpool Newcastle match. Um, I always remember Benny McCarthy, Benny McCarthy scoring against Arsenal at Ewood Park um, in an FA Cup quarter-final, I think, um, and running over to the the bench and and being at Ewood Park and being right next to the bench and being caught up in the celebrations. I think I was hugging um, Chris Samba. Maybe I can't remember, but like football has this thing of like, as time goes on, you kind of like it adds mystique and like uh, relevance because usually matches are like a significant moment, uh, either a turning point or a significant moment going forward. Um, so I know that that Germany match for Germany was very, very important. Um, I recommend if if you are interested in football, as some of you are and some of you aren't, I recommend a book called Das Reboots, which is written by a a author called uh, Raphael Hostenstein. I always get his name like really bad. I apologize. Um, he writes for the Athletic now. He does the Bundesliga coverage coverage for the Athletic. He also does a German podcast, but he's written a, a couple of books. Um, one about the, um, the Germans' love of the English game was, I think, his first book, which is a really interesting perspective of English football from a German fan or German German fan's perspective. But Das Reboot is um, his last book, which is about the change in mentality and the change that uh, of of the youth structure and the way that clubs do business in the Bundesliga that had a huge impact on how German football was run and conducted, which obviously led to them becoming world champions. So if you are interested in that, it's called Das Reboot, and I recommend it greatly. So it's probably not the greatest match ever, but it is a significant one. You've got to love, you've got to love a, an underrated Italian football team um, for several reasons, because it seems to be every time they're underrated, they have a really good kit, and there's some banging air cuts going on as well. Um, so there you go. All right. Next question. What is your true opinion of the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre? Now, there's a couple of things here. First of all, there is some Partridge questions because I used a Partridge gif on, <laughs> on the question, Fred, um, purely because it made me laugh. Um, so there's going to be some Partridge questions. And, and to answer this question, I've only been to Norwich a handful of times. Um, I can remember one time I went to watch an NXT show, maybe when they when they did it there, I think. Um, and and the whole crowd were were, were chanting Dan for Dan Maloney, um, which led to the story of Jim. Jim told publicly, I think, of Jim had to then explain to um, a lot of American wrestlers slash American coaches and agents that were working the show what the reference was um which is, is is funny so i can't i can't give my true opinion on the pedestrianization because i don't really get i don't think i had a really good feel for it but i did i will say this norwich has some good pubs like 
we I can't remember where we were, but we were in a pub and it was it was really nice. It was like a really like old timey, old school pub. And it caught me off guard because I didn't know what to expect in Norwich. And I was very impressed. So there you go. There you go, TripAdvisor. There's my opinion on, on Norwich. Okay, next question um, is from my former tag team partner, um, the the man that I was best man at his wedding for, and the person that probably wishes that we still weren't friends because he has to deal with me on a daily basis. It is Sam Bailey, and he asks my top 10 top 10 lists because he's a cruel, cruel man. Uh, if you ever want to see me and Sam and our, our, a great representation of our, our friendship, come to Insomnia Gaming Festival, which we co-host together on the main stage. Um, and it's really amusing to us because it we get progressively more... Um, less tolerant of each other's BS throughout the weekend, so end up just slagging each other off on stage, um, much like uh, a lot of my friendships are. Um, you know, that's just the way we do it. Um, so there you go. There's a plug for Insomni as well. Top ten, top ten lists. Um, I do like a, I do like a top, I do like a top ten greatest albums of all time. I do like a top ten footballers of all time. Um, wrestlers of all time, wrestling factions of all time, video games of all time, um, best best cruiserweights in WCW between 1999 and 2001. That's a good top 10 list. Um, top 10 partridge quotes. Um, top 10 tartan trousers, which is a great sentence to say um got two more right two more top 10 vines can't go wrong with top 10 vines because you know there is now a generation of us that just watch vines on youtube and long for vine 2.0 make it happen someone if ashton if ashton culture can buy myspace and then try and relaunch myspace then i don't know the guy from dawson's creek can buy vine and try and relaunch it um, I've got one top ten list left. Um, top ten places to get a coffee in Manchester. There you go. That is my top ten top ten lists. Oh, my brain hurts after that. All right, next question. I actually quite like this one. Um, who wins in a steel cage match between Optimus Prime and Megatron if Dusty Rhodes was booking? The reason I like this question is because you kind of go, all right, steel cage match, Optimus Prime, Megatron, and then it's just the Dusty Rose bit at the end, which just really made me chuckle when I read it. Um, all right, so apparently there's a new Transformers thing coming out on Netflix. So I watched the trailer for it and I got excited because Transformers is interesting because um, obviously I was super into Transformers as a kid. And then like one Christmas, probably like 10 years ago, one of my relatives bought me, I think the first three or four seasons of Transformers and it's not as good as I remember it was so I went back and watched it and I was like oh it's essentially just the same episode just reskinned with with new people um so there is that and then obviously there's the the the, the Transformers movies um the cartoon one classic um if you want to cry about a robot dying classic and then there's the Live action ones, which like I think the first f- two, three were all right, and then it's just got stupid afterwards. But much like the Fast and Furious, I still watch it, which is I think I'm the problem here, society. I just watch this stuff. All right, but if we we're gonna book him in wrestling, 
Okay. Well, it depends. You got to do. It depends what business we're doing. Are we? Are we talking like, you know, are we talking like war games and they've been fighting for the whole of the summer in in up and down sort of like Georgia, the Georgia territory? Because if that's the case, and if, they, if this is the final match that's going on, a say for instance the Clash of the Champions, then it has to be Optimus Prime that goes over. So ultimately, the baby faces need to prevail. But it'd probably be a case of it would be a dusty finish where there'd be a I reckon a run in from Starscreen. Um, yeah, I think maybe, maybe yeah, if we're going to do a dusty finish, a run in from Starscreen um, would 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 definitely work. But I'm going. I'm, I don't know, Dusty Dusty like to do a bit of business. But then if we're talking TNA, if it's lethal lockdown, woof, it's a different ball game altogether, you know. Um I, I wonder what I don't know what Optimus Prime's finisher would be. That's I'm trying to think of it. Cause he's got he's got a gun. No, no, Megatron's got a gun, right? Optimus Prime has got like a sword type thing. Um I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Maybe the finish is, you know, when like Eddie Guerrero used to throw the chair at someone uh, and like they catch it and he pretends to be hit. All right, this is how it's going to end. Ref bump, refs down, bit of back and forth leads to Megatron um, lying down in robot form and somehow making Optimus Prime transform into his truck form and lying down and make it look like Optimus Prime attempted murder and ran him over leading to a DQ from the referee. There you go, because hit and runs are illegal in professional wrestling, I'm going to assume. That's how that's how Dusty would book it. Wow, that's my legacy there in answer of a question. All right, next question. Uh, if Alan Partridge was a manager in British wrestling, who would be his client? Someone really, really cleverly replied to this tweet with, it's obviously Dan, Dan, Dan. Dan Maloney, uh, and I really enjoyed that. It was good pun. But I'm trying to think of people that he would work well with. Uh, if he was a sort of a Gary Hart-esque manager in terms of like, when Gary Hart was still an active wrestler and would be dragged into matches, Alan Partridge and Chris Egan would be an absolute dream team um, of people. That, that, you just, that is just money. Partridge and Egan... I mean, I want to watch that sitcom, let alone watch them team up together in wrestling. So I think I think Partridge and Egan would be my first shout. But if we're just talking pure manager, um, I, I, this is going to shock people. This is going to shock people. Alan Partridge would manage Legero because I. So in British wrestling, there is a lot of Alan Partridge fans in 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 the locker rooms. But I don't think there is anyone that is bigger. Uh, there, there is a bigger Partridge fan than El Ligero or Ligero now. Obviously, he's only ever watched the Spanish edition, um, although the edition that's in Spanish. Uh, but he, he, he does a very good uh, Partridge impression. So I'm going to put Alan Partridge as the manager of Ligero. Make it happen, Sid Scala slash Johnny Saint in NXT UK. There you go. All right, this is a good question. I like this. Um, do you have a particular style of wrestling you prefer? Who was the first re- wrestler that grabbed your attention when you first started watching wrestling? So it's it's it's, it's pretty much two questions. So I'll, I'll answer the second bit first. So who was the first wrestler that grabbed your attention when you started watching wrestling? 
Um, I'm trying to think of like the person that the the I, we so I mentioned before like so it was me and CJ Banks that used to be friends from from childhood and he was him that got me into wrestling so we used to love like the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian so it's probably one of those four uh, probably Jeff Hardy in that case and then because obviously like the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and stuff but. I don't think, I think because I've always liked cruiserweights and smaller dudes that like, or smaller wrestlers that like, I always gravitated to the flippy ones. So yeah, it's probably the Hardy Boys or Edge and Christian in terms of the first ones grabbing my attention. But do you have a particular style of wrestling you prefer? So the the actual answer to this question is no. And that's why I like wrestling because wrestling's a variety show and a really good wrestling show has a little bit of everything, you know, whether it's comedy, hardcore, um, shoot style, high flying, heavyweight, whatever, you know, it, it always makes for a better show in terms of a, sh- a show collectively. But I know that that is a really sitting on the fence answer. So I did think about it. And I think, I think if it was like a, you know, desert island thing or gun to my head moment, I'd probably say hybrid slash shoot fighting, which which might be surprising to some people because basically of my love of, of Toramon slash Dragon Gate and anything that's flippy and, and, and fast. Um, but the reason why I really, I think I would lean towards like the hybrid shoot style is because it's, it's beauty in combat, leave it. Uh, it's beauty is within its rule set. So the, the limitations put onto the matches so you know let's use tetsujin for example because there's a million different like hybrid wrestling shoot style rules you know from from rings to to uwfi to pancrase like there's loads of different wrestling um rules within it um so the, the tetsujin rules have always been you can uh, can win by knockout submission you have the maximum of three rope breaks um and there is no time limits on a fight so th- th- that makes it seem like you know that all oh, that's quite a tunneled visioned perspective in terms of how to win that fight but it's it's the space and gaps between the rules that make it interesting because obviously having that free rope break thing is like okay so if you know that you've got free attempts to try and put a submission in like how do you make your opponent try and expend his submission um his rope break total or do you go for the submission or do you go well i'm not going to go for submissions because you know, there's a chance that he might keep escaping it and that's a risk I don't want to take, so I'm going to knock that person out. Out. This is a thing that a lot of people, well, very few people cottoned on to in Tetsujin. It's technically no DQs in a shoot fight. It's frowned upon, much like in the early UFCs, where eye gouging and headbutts are legal, but you don't really want to do it because it's bad sportsmanship. So someone could come in and absolutely destroy someone with a chair and potentially win by knockout. And then obviously there's the no time limit thing that we had at Tetsujin basically makes it a a marathon not a sprint though a lot of fights are a sprint because of the physical style of it so i like that style of wrestling especially the older i've got because of the the uh, multiple opportunities and multiple things that you can do with that style uh, style of wrestling so again i i genuinely do love every bit of wrestling me and me and Jim were watching, um, me, Jim, and, and Craig and Taff actually were watching the best of CZW the other day. And 
me and Jim were loving it. I don't think the other two were too much, but um, that you know, like, I, I love every bit of wrestling. Uh, you know, as long as it's good, then 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 I enjoy it. So I genuinely do just think it's that's what makes wrestling good is it's a variety act. All right, next question: How many fish would Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? It's a question. Uh, Matt Riddle is trying to get to the bottom of. Now, I think that Bobby Fish is a capable man, and I think he can fry a fish. Um, but the question is, is how big is his skillet or his pan or uh, his his frying his frying equipment? Because like, I think, and again, and it depends what fish it is. You know, we're talking mackerel here. We're talking tuna. Are we talking, you know, swordfish? Has he got, has he, has he got a grill? Has he got a normal stove on top of an oven that we have here in Britain. Uh, there's so many, so many multiple aspects to this question that that even if he can fry, how many can he fry based on the equipment that he has? So I think it's a mystery that we're never going to get to the end to. But if there's, if there's ever one man that can solve this riddle, it's Matt Riddle. You're welcome. Where does one... Get to those mighty fine trousers you wore at Progress the other day. Yes, yes, yes. I did. I did tell you the trousers split opinion. Um, those trousers that I was wearing, uh, I purchased through ASOS, but they are boohoo. I think. Um, so yeah, uh, there's there's a there's a nice collection of checked slash tartan trousers on ASOS at the minute. So if you are in in the uh, in the market. For some some trousers of of the checked variety, uh, get on to ASOS. I, I'd love it if ASOS listened to this and were like, "Yeah, you've got a sponsorship now," because then that would save me a lot of money. Um, but there you go, yeah, ASOS or Boohoo uh, for for the trousers worn at Progress. Um, favorite partridge quote: Mine is, "I can read you like a book, Lynn, and not a very good one." Certainly not. Bravo two zero by Andy McNabb, which actually improves with every read. Uh, yeah, that is a good partridge quote. Um, oh, this is like picking your favorite children. It changes a lot. It changes. I, I do quite. I, I mean, I really like the episode with with Michael's new friend. Uh, Tex, who likes all the American things, because um, it, it, which I've got a question later on, which which will be in sort of connection to this, but it's one of my favourite Partridge moments when when he's singing. Um, nobody does it better. Big woman swinging on a big logo. That's one of my favourite bits in, in Partridge. But there's a line in that that episode where. Um, he's on the floor and I think Tex and Michael walk in or, or Tex walks in and Partridge looks at him and goes, uh, oh, I'm having a hoe down. I'm, I'm down, but bottom not a hoe is one of my favourite lines in Partridge. Um, let me know what your favourite lines of Partridge are, is. And if you've never seen um, I'm Alan Partridge, by the way, there's two seasons, go and watch it. It's just the best, the absolute best. All right, oh, cool. Right, uh, slightly more sensible question now. Um, this is good, by the way, because this is what I wanted. I wanted a mix of like, um, you know, sensible, businessy, uh, silly. Like, I like it again, much like a, 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 a wrestling show. Variety is a good thing. Um, I was wondering if there was any way, uh, any way of getting into the into the business on a clerical side. I have a background in venue management. I was wondering if there were roles in in the business for people like that. So there is. Um, 
so for instance um we have a tour manager um and, and we he, he's also responsible for for like when we do big shows like alexandra palace or like wembley he'll organize all our press for us he does so much for us in terms of especially when we're on the road and stuff so they'll be coming with us to florida to to help that tour um run smoothly um so there is absolutely that and and we have in the past used either an individual i i I can't comment too much on it because i was only working for the company in terms of like you know just being a uh, commentator at the time but then we have used like either a company or a person to be like a liaison in terms of between venues and and us as a company so there is a way there is a, a there is a market there for it but the problem is that obviously it depends on the size of the company and it depends on the venues you're running so there there is a market but it's just finding the right place in terms of of getting in but if you are if you do have experience in terms of like you know venue management or anything like that then that is absolutely invaluable um i'm just trying to think I, i i can't I can't confidently recommend companies, you know, that might be looking for that or, or, or might be thinking about, you know, taking that step. But there is definitely people in there. Um, it's, it's, it's a massive crossover between like music and, um, and music and, 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 and wrestling. You know, our, our lighting team at the ballroom, our sound and lighting team, um, can't do Alexandra Palace, um, the super strong style for us because they're on tour with a K-pop band, uh, which we were laughing about on Sunday. Um, and we were sort of talking about all the different, um, gigs that you get from the crossover. So, um, it, the, the guy, um, my mate who, uh, from Insomnia, who does our, our lighting, um, sorry, does our sound engineering at, um, Insomnia now actually does, the NXT shows, so the NXT UK shows, and it's really funny because he got. I think the, I think the first time he'd ever seen wrestling live was when Fight Club Pro did uh, Insomnia that year, and he loved it. And then he actually got a, a gig because he works for like a, a third party company. You know, he's a um, we we outsource him um, for Insomnia, uh, and he actually got a uh, he got a gig through for doing WWE live events. So he does the WWE live events, and he's done like the European tours and stuff. So the, he went to Austria and, and you know France, Germany, and all that. Um, and then he ended up doing um, NXT UK. So um, yeah, big shout out to to Jake uh, as he as he's now been dubbed by a few people, Jake the Snake. So yeah, so there's definitely there is definitely a market there, and there is definitely jobs and stuff for people that are on the more um, events management side of stuff, um, or you know the tour side of it. Uh, so and I, I know there is there is opportunities above independent wrestling as well, when it, especially when it comes to things like NXT and um, promotions that are regularly touring. I, I used to know um, the tour managers for, I was going to say TNA, Impact now, isn't it? I used to know them in, in the UK um, and they've done various roles within wrestling as well as as well as well uh, just events in general. So yeah, that is actually, you know, it's actually a really interesting point. If you're thinking about studying events management or anything like that, it's a really, really invaluable thing. Um, we always really need reliable uh, people, especially if the, if the industry continues to grow, especially on an independent level. Um, it's, it's, it's invaluable to have someone's experience in a field like that. So, yeah, hopefully that's kind of a bit of a... Yeah, hopefully that's just a little bit of information um, for you. All right, next question. Will Progress ever do a show in good old Somerset? 
uh, Bridgewater would be good. Um, that was a private DM. <laughs> yeah, so I've ended up talking to a few few people from the southwest these days at shows, um, whether it was at Cardiff or I, uh, when I was doing Chaos at Bristol. And there's a big demand um, for not just not just progress, I you know for wrestling in in the southwest. And I do think it's an under underutilized, untapped market because um, I know there's a couple of promotions that run sort of like Devon um, and Cornwall. But I don't think anyone's had a a sort of extended period in running shows there with with you know a uh, regularity. So um, I'll never say never, but it's it's all dependent on on a few, on a few things. Obviously, you know we we have certain venues that we run, so it's just whether those those venues are are available or you know there's a scope to go there and for it to be a profitable show obviously you know that's all the business side of it that's nothing to do with me i don't i don't make decisions like that because i am an idiot um so i'd never say never but i do really and i've had this discussion with with um the you know the people i've been talking about about the southwest is that i really hope that someone builds a southwest promotion and i mean like you've obviously got chaos in bristol um which is unbelievably good um, and and it's, it's gone into new management now with 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 Flash and Hitch. So the Bristol will always be sort of the crown jewel on that. But I know I know from someone who used to live in Saint Austell that there's very <laughs> Cornish people and 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 people from Devon and Somerset are very mistrusting of people from Bristol. So you know Bristol may as well be may, may as well be London to them. They're all fancy and stuff like that. So I understand that that. People within, you know, Devon, Somerset, and, and Cornwall want their own thing. So it'd be it'd be really cool if someone actually did start a promotion down there and starting to shine some light on some some Southwest talent because there is talent down there. You know, chaos has been finding out in in the last year or so. You know, there's there's a lot of people down there that that can really go, and there's some that could potentially be big stars. So I think yeah, I think it's definitely an opportunity for someone to to do something really cool down there. All right, if you could bring back anything from 99 to 2000 WCW, what would it be and why? Um, probably the Cruiserweights in terms of... Like, like, it, being, like it being a standalone um, division. So I know 205... I know 205 was a thing uh, and still is a thing... But I, I just felt, uh, you know, the, the, at the beginning of it, there was there was hope because it, it did feel like his own thing, and obviously, it's a successful, it's success, it's it's a successful brand given the success uh, success of people like, you know, Ali and Buddy Murphy and um, Cedric Alexander, and you know, the list goes on and on and on, and there's still massive amounts of talent within that roster, but I feel like now it's it's kind of an add-on rather than it being an attraction. So I would really like to see a proper cruiserweight division with tag belts and the cruiserweight title being defended regularly, not just on NXT and 205, but on Raw and or SmackDown. Um, You know, like, don't get me wrong, at the minute the cruiserweight stuff on NXT has been absolutely fantastic because that i mean the champion at the minute i quite like in the, in the form of jordan devlin so that's that's really helped 
I think the NXT shift in terms of it being the NXT Cruiserweight cha- Championship has been a big shift in 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 changing the perception of it. So I'd really like to see them build on that. Maybe have some some tag teams in there um, as well, and and you know really give it its own identity because I think that's the only thing that WCW did pretty well in ninety nine two thousand was the pre- uh, the presentation of the cruiserweights. Um, again, admittedly after. Anyone tried to break out the cruiserweight division, it didn't go very well. Um, so, yeah, there is that. Uh, it's either that or Kiss Demon, as I always say. Get, get Kiss Demon back in. What, what, a, what a gimmick that was. Okay, football question. Paul Warhurst or Kennedy Baki... I, can't, I can never pronounce this and I'm going to get absolutely slaughtered. Is it Bakagul? Kennedy. Uh, which was the better multi-person purpose player probably paul war warhurst um just i mean the name alone sounds like warhorse so i'm thinking you know workhorse paul warhurst probably uh, don't quote me on it though i think my, my favorite multi-purpose player of all time I, I, I tell you, I tell you, the one that always used to make me laugh were like there was two of them: was Chris Sutton and Dion Dublin, because obviously both strikers, absolutely def, definitely strikers, especially Sutton, part of that SAS team, uh, Sutton and Shearer. Um, but I'd, I'd love, I'd love it in the nineties when it felt dead exotic for some reason that Dion Dublin would play centre half or Chris Sutton would play centre half. It's mad now, isn't it? You know, you got flipping, you know, Joshua Kimmich who plays for. Bayern Munich who can literally play in any position on the pitch but you know back in the night he's like oh Dion Dublin's at centre back I got some hype back there he's going to be winning he's going to be winning those second balls um, so yeah there you go alright uh, a couple a couple of questions left I don't know why I'm laughing about Dion Dublin being a centre back but there we go uh, right next question Shoestring uh, Taggart Spender Bergerac Morse what does that say to you about regional detective series uh, that they've got the same naming system as WWE for female talent. Uh, I don't know, actually. Um, the, um, no, the, nor- the Northern? I don't know, the North? There's, there's more violence and killing in the North? You know, Taggart, there's been a murder. I'm not going to do the accent because that's really offensive to anyone that has ever tried to do accents. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that there's more... Never. I think actually the the proper takeaway from from regional detective series is never trust a small town or village anywhere in the UK. Doesn't have to be even you know in the north. Just don't. Um, if anyone's been watching The Stranger on Netflix, which you should check out now, um, it's it, it it also goes along with that. That is a it's a great series, but never trust a small town in the UK. There you go. That's some advice for people visiting um apparently there's a lot of murder and deception going on um right two more questions here we go i told you there'd be another partridge one and it is the last one what's your favorite uh, what's your favorite partridge bit so it's a weird thing right of i was thinking about this the other day um i was thinking about it on the train on sunday and i've never said this i've not said this out loud yet but i was thinking that I actually, I think now I prefer those jeans by Genuine more than I do Pony. But the problem is, is that I don't know if I actually prefer the song more. Or it's just because I've heard Pony so many times that it's a nice break to hear 
another genuine song. So I feel like that's the same with Partridge because there's so many like iconic moments that have been shared and quoted that I now lean towards the slightly more obscure Partridge bits. But I'm, I'm going to go with one that's from the first series of I'm Alan Partridge um, because th- th- that series was way darker than the second season. I think the second season was better in terms of like a show and it's writing and the comedy but i really enjoyed how dark the first season of of alan partridge is so it's either a cross between there's a bit where michael and alan see each other and michael's outside and and partridge is at his window and they're doing like they're not saying anything to each other but they're doing like silly like gestures to each other and there's a bit where like alan partridge pretends to put a gun in his mouth and like um and and shoot it and it's just really dark and like twisted humor that even the laughter track is almost like a regrettable laugh. And for some reason, it's always made me go, oh man, that's really dark, but quite funny. Um, so there's that bit, but there's also the bit where he dresses up as a shitty zombie. Um, I love that bit. I love that bit and just him explaining all the bits and pieces that he's used from his hotel room and the bit with the shower curtain. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's a toss up between them because I can't, I quite like my dark humor in the sense that, yeah, uh, yeah, there's, I think, I think that's what makes Partridge great is that he is as a character. There's just this really dark, depressive undertone of him, but the, the just the stupidity and the 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 basically the calamity that is his life is just funny so yeah it's probably something from the first series but there you go um that was a long-winded answer for a very simple question but there you go all right final question Save this one to last because I was trying to think about it because I'll just answer it. All right, so the question is, any dream venues you'd like to ring announce in? Uh, So the reason why I I find it hard to think about it because I'm a bit weird in the sense that I don't don't have like sentimental attachment or or attachment to, to things like that in wrestling. I think... I think it comes down again, and I always say this, and I'm, like, I'm trying to harp on about it because I got into wrestling so late, and you know, like you know, like I was like 14, 13, 14, and I got into wrestling that I didn't have like this attachment already, like as a kid, you know, like, Ma- like Madison Square Garden is the thing that you saw on TV when you were a kid watching wrestling, and again, like you were told from a young age, like oh, it's the greatest wrestling venue in the world, it's the greatest venue in the world. Um, I never really had that attachment until later on in life. And I, I, I guess Kurikan Hall in Japan would be one because it's so iconic and because I spent a long, you know, a lot of time in my 20s watching various promotions in Japan. Uh, Budokan Hall, maybe, because of all Japan slash Noah. I know for a fact Jim was like, he still can't get over that he did the ECW arena. And when we did the podcast with Jimmy as well, that he still was just could not get his head around doing um, the ECW arena in, in Philadelphia. So maybe that, I don't know. But then, then I don't really have that attachment. I think, I think for me, probably if it was all in ECW arenas, 
it'd probably be Hammerstein um, more than Philly. But yeah, I don't really have like a. I don't really have a sentimental attachment to to venues like there's venues I, I really like like I, I love the OT Ritz because it's one of the first big venues I ever did. Um, and, it, and and when we when we're in Manchester later on in the year, it's it's um, uh, it'll be the first time I ever get to to ring announce for progress in there. So I've obviously commentated there as well, and I'm ringing announce for another company there as well. But so that that'll be good. Like anytime I'm in Manchester, that means a lot. Um, but I don't, I don't I don't think there's I've never done academy the academy in Manchester because Fight Club Pro have run the academy a few times, but it's always it always clashed with other stuff and I could never do it because it was it was Dream Tag Weekend, which is traditionally when I'm doing Insomnia. So I only ever used to do the first leg or two legs of, of Dream Tag. So I've never done the Academy in Manchester. So I suppose that would be quite cool because I've seen a million bands in there. Um, I, I'd love to do something mental though. I'd love to do like, I don't know, just somewhere random. Like, you know, like this, we were talking about it before about the Southwest. There's um, a wrestling company that run in, in Bodmin Jail Um and I always love it because, you know, everyone that's on that show always posts the pictures of him in Bodmin Jail. So that would be pretty gnarly. Like maybe ring announcing in a castle would be quite cool. Just to say I ring announcing in a castle. Maybe. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm never going to turn my nose up of like, oh, here's Madison Square Garden. You know, I'm, I'm never going to be like, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, I, 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 yeah. I like intimate venues. I really like intimate venues. So things like I, I'm, I'm looking forward to again, looking forward to Alexandra Palace uh, because it's it's the novelty of it, uh, and, and obviously Wembley would be cool. But I I, pref- I think I'm better as a ring announcer when it's an intimate crowd and everyone's on top of me because that's that's sort of how I learn to do my job. Like my favorite thing about the ballroom. Um, is doing the walk through the crowd on the entrance or, you know, when I come in from the side because it's that that connection that you have. And, like, you can, as, as a ring announcer, as a host, you actually get a sense of the energy and the, the feeling in the room better than if you are doing a, a larger venue. Um, so I actually prefer that because, for me, I always try and... I always try and ride. I either try and ride the momentum of the crowd, or know where I need to bring more energy, or I need to do less talking. Like, the, the way I do my job is actually, I actually think about a lot. So I know it seems like pure chaos, and it seems like I'm just shouting and doing mad, mad shit. But <laughs> it, I mean, there is that. There is an element of that. But I am consciously doing things because I think, okay, this is the moment I need to do this and stuff. So. Yeah, so I actually prefer like really, really, really intimate venues. Um, that's why I loved Fight Club Pro's old venue, Fiction, which was you essentially the fans were on top of the ring. You had to walk through them to make your entrance, um, and that I had to stand in the crowd while ring announcing to watch the show, and like it just it made it made me love that venue so much more, and like. And, and made me really connect with that audience because I, I literally was the I was in the audience with them and we got to talk about stuff and you know chat and watch the show together and go through the sort of same range of emotions. So I love like little intimate smaller venues. So yeah, there you go. If you ever want to, 
if you ever want to coax me into doing a show somewhere near you, just find the smallest and most intimate venue and, and I'll probably love it because uh, that's... That's the wrestling that I like. Um, right, okay, that's all the questions. Um, thank you very much for taking your time out and, and to uh, ask me a few things. Um, I'm still trying to get the the timing on the question, Fred. I'm really bad at like tweeting out at the right times. You probably noticed, and you're probably like, why are you tweeting out at 9 o'clock in the morning? Because so like, first thing I do when I get up, I should probably use tweet deck a bit more. Um, so I'm still trying to get the timing and stuff like that of the optimal time to get as many questions out of you guys as possible. But I do really appreciate um, you guys taking, taking a moment out of your day to either send me a message or to tweet me a question. Um, right, TNJ will continue to plow on. Um, I have got, as I mentioned on last week's episode, I've got a, a, a notebook full of ideas. Um, it's just picking which one I want to execute. There is a World of Sport episode coming. I just don't know when it's coming. Because, um, again, it's that thing of much like the, the stuff where I'm talking about a subject, I like to do as much research as possible. Um, so there will be a World of Sport episode. and It will probably be <clears throat> why I love that period slash style and then like a top five maybe like whatever number of 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 recommendations of people that i love from that era to to go and watch so that might well be next week's episode but i'm not too sure um but we are going to carry on rolling so i really appreciate all the support you've given the podcast so far it really genuinely does help and i love it when people come up to me and, and and talk talk to me about the various things I do. There was one of our ring crew that was like on Sunday was like, Oh man, um, we've got a mutual friend. And then he said the name and I'm like, you know, your brain's like, Oh, I'm at wrestling work now. And it was someone from insomnia. And I was a streamer, um, from, from insomnia. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, I do know them. And like, it just, it took me like, 10 seconds to be like, Oh yeah, I also do that job. Uh, so I really like it when people come up to me and talk to me, like the, the know me from either the podcast or like the gaming stuff or, or, or wrestling. So, I always really appreciate that. All right, cool. I'm going to stop rambling. I'm going to let you go. Thank you very much for taking time out of the day. And we'll see you next time on Tuesday Night Jaw. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.